Welcome to this episode of SBC This Week. I'm Brandon Porter. Laura Erlinson is here with me. Laura, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Good deal. We have uh, we had a lot of rain yesterday, a mm-hmm. lot, and the grass is really green this morning. It is. It's crazy. Yep. yep. Diana Chandler and I rode the elevator down yesterday, and we were talking about um, first about how dark it was as we looked out the windows because it was so rainy, but we were also talking about how we spring forward in what, two more Sundays, I think? Yes. Yeah. It's going to be glorious. That's right. I know that Jonathan Howe would disagree Well, he's not a fan, but I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Anything to get us more sunlight, you know, for the, mm-hmm. for the darkness saving time to end. So that's right. Going to the daylight savings time. <laughs> so yeah. So spring's just around the corner and that, that brings hope and, um, you know, means Easter's coming very soon. Mm-hmm. So that that's exciting. Lots of great and baseball things. season for my kids. Baseball and softball. Yeah. Coming up. Yeah. 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 That's right. So it's been fun. Lots of spring training baseball going on, and um, the Kentucky Wildcats are not having a great basketball year. And so I have already mentally transitioned <laughs> to the Braves and how they're doing down in Florida. So absolutely. <laughs> well, Laura, we've had a busy week as this has been the executive committee meeting week uh, for uh, February, and uh, lots of news out of those meetings. Mm-hmm. And My so, brain is tired. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. We'll see see if you can rally for the next few minutes okay. here. I'm going I'm to give it um, my best. And help, help us walk through uh, the highlights of this, le- this week's EC meeting. Yeah, there's always lots of news at the EC meeting, and this was no exception. So uh, February EC meetings were this week in our building here in Nashville. It was nice to be back in our building after being off-site in September. I don't know what the members, EC members prefer, whether they like the building or being in a hotel, but I like being in our building just because I get to go up and work in my office if I need to. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of a selfish reason, but it was good to be in our building. And um, we had a, reports, of course, from a lot of committees and task forces and things of that nature, but um, probably the most talked about one was the report from the ARITF, mm-hmm. the Abuse Reform Implementation Task Force. Right. Yeah, and they made a couple of pretty big announcements. They did. Yeah, they sure did. They were going. Uh, one is a new curriculum that's launching at the annual meeting in Indianapolis, and they kind of unveiled it a little bit for mm-hmm. the AC members there. It looks amazing. I think mm-hmm. it's going to be so helpful, such a great resource for churches, um, especially those small to medium sized churches that maybe don't have a lot of staff that can really do a lot of these things. This is going to be so helpful. Mm-hmm. For those churches to how do I we prepare uh, for uh, preventing sexual abuse, and then if God forbid it were to happen, what do we do? Yeah, and so really uh, kind of a one-stop shop uh, website, as well as a physical um, book. If you would rather have a physical resource, you can order a thumb drive that has it on there. So lots of different ways to get the information and to get the curriculum. And it's designed for small groups of church leaders to go through it together mm-hmm. over a period of time mm-hmm. and like do one one section at a time, watch the videos and then implement those things and then watch the next video and implement those things and kind of go through it step by step. So really cool stuff. They also announced the potential launch of a separate organization from the SBC, but would uh, be tasked with implementing these reforms kind of on a long-term basis along these uh, abuse reforms such as maintaining that ministry check website, such as uh, all of these, uh, the curriculum for churches and like a resource, a place for churches to call if they need help uh, with a situation. And so there was a lot of talk about 
this potentiality. We'll see. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Abuse Response Commission. And there we um, go. Yeah. Be a 501c3 started in South Carolina were the details that they gave. So we'll be watching uh, for the the information coming on that from the ARITF's website. Um, some updates in the near future there related to that. Um, also thinking through um, financial updates, Laura, lot, lots of folks, um, you know, are rightfully concerned and, and watching uh, the, the financial situation in the SBC. And um, so EC members voted to recommend the 2024 and 25 cooperative program allocation budget. The grand total of that budget is $190,250,000. It's a slight de decrease um, from the 23-24 budget, um, about five, five, well, right at $5 million um, was the decrease there. Um, so they, they heard about that. And then also, Laura, we heard a report about the audit that had been received by the executive committee on the, the finances of the EC. Mm -hmm. Yeah, an unmodified audit or a clean audit, which was good news because, you know, as we have talked about here, the EC finances have been uh, not dire, but, you know, haven't been good the past mm -hmm. year or two as, mm -hmm. as we've just encountered a lot of uh, unexpected expenses. And so uh, it was good to hear about a clean audit. Uh, and then uh, Chairman Philip Robertson kind of gave credit to the staff for that. Mm -hmm. He said the the staff at the EC have really worked hard to make that happen. Then, of mm -hmm. course, Adam Wyatt, the chairman of the finance committee there at the EC. So a lot of hard work to make that happen, and we appreciate that. Yeah, that's right. The stewardship committee also spent uh, quite a bit of time uh, discussing a couple of motions that, that were made back in uh, New Orleans, and uh, they have been working on those. One uh, is from Rhett Burns, who is pastor at First Baptist Church in Travelers Rest, South Carolina. He was actually there in person and mm -hmm. uh, made a presentation to that committee. Both are based on information um, surrounding uh, a transparency, uh, trying to, to get information out um, and, and you know, kind of where the IRS Form 990, the information that's on that figures into it. Um, it's very, very technical. That probably, you know, if we were going to talk about that in depth, that would be a whole SBC. Yes, it would be its own podcast itself. for sure. That's yeah. right. <laughs> so um, anyway, that, that story is out there where we try to uh, think through that some and hear from those sides. And so you can yeah. find that. And at they Baptist did Press. decide, they just kind of um, tabled the issue. And that's so they'll, right. they'll be talking about that again in June at the yeah. meeting in Indianapolis. Yeah, which, you know, tabled to me is such a misleading term because tabled sounds like nothing's going to happen. Yeah. And in fact, what it means is they're going to keep talking about it. Right. They didn't get rid of it. They just right. decided that we, we're going to deal with, we're going to think more about it. That's yeah. right. Yeah. So uh, the Credentials Committee um, made some recommendations to the Executive Committee and they acted on those recommendations. They deemed four churches not in friendly cooperation with the convention for either having a woman functioning as lead pastor, um, mishandling of sexual abuse, or failing to cooperate with the committee when queried. So, uh, Laura, who were those churches? So, Emmanuel Baptist Church in Paducah, Kentucky, New Hope Baptist Church in Gastonia, North Carolina, West Hendersonville Baptist Church in Hendersonville, North Carolina, and Grove Road Baptist mm -hmm. Church in Greenville, South Carolina. Mm -hmm. So all four of those churches will have the opportunity to appeal that decision by the executive committee uh, before messengers in Indianapolis. And we saw that happen last year for the first time. And so mm -hmm. we'll see if that happens again this year. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Bart Barber gave a 
he gave an address. There, there was a sermon hidden in that address. Yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> but, but he gave an address on Monday night, um, and I thought it was really interesting. I really appreciated it. He he came from Matthew chapter eighteen, and he I know when about, he first said that the text, mm-hmm. I was like, "What are we going to talk about church yep. discipline? What yeah. are we doing?" <laughs> Which ultimately is what what it was. Yeah, and, kind of. Yeah. yeah, and and talked about the context of that phrase that that is so often used out of context of when. Two or more are gathered in my name. I mean, that's that's has to do with church discipline, and that that's what he talked about. But but really, his point is that the Holy Spirit is present to help churches deal with hard things, and mm-hmm. and and the Holy Spirit is present in the moment when the church is dealing with hard things, um, and and pursuing. Yeah, it was actually really helpful. It yeah. was absolutely, and and then to think about hard things that that are going on. Um, in in the broader context of the SBC, and um, you know, I mean, we really are dependent on the Lord uh, for His help as we as we work our way through these these important issues. Uh, Dr. Barber spent some time talking about the um, Committee on Resolutions, uh, the Cooperation Group, the Great Commission Resurgence Task Force. Um, he talked a little bit about the ARITF, but. But um, essentially, the Coop Group and the Great Commission Resurgence Task Force and the Committee on Resolutions all whoops all pointed toward um, Indianapolis yes. and um, and and trying to yeah. uh, help folks stay abreast and and be prepared um, as that that comes in the near future. Yeah, it's time to start paying attention. We're moving yeah. down the road. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. So, and then Laura, the permanent interim. On the EC. <laughs> no, but we hope not. We hope that's not. That's right. That's right. Hopefully coming to the end of his permanency or his yeah. interim NC is yes. uh, Jonathan Howe. And, yes, um, many of you might know of Jonathan Howe. He he also gave an address Monday night yes. um, to the EC members. Yeah, yeah. Uh, actually, the host of this podcast, he and Amy Whitfield, do That's not forget right. that we're, we're we're just babysitting for them. We are, but um, but Jonathan came and and gave an address also, and I, I really appreciated how he uh, used Gideon as an example, um, and and the story of Gideon and how God took a small number um, of of uh, warriors in Gideon's presence there. Um, and gave them a victory, but it was for God's glory and by his strength. And that's what Jonathan focused on, was on the mm-hmm. faithfulness of the, Lord, of the Lord and the strength of the Lord. And, and um, you know, even when the mm-hmm. odds are great and stacked against you, um, when when the forces are small that, that are trying to stand up for the right, um, it was very encouraging, I thought. Yeah, and I, I love that he... He said, I love this quote. He said, we should not think of everything in the SBC as a battle. This is a cooperative work and should be seen and treated as such. Mm-hmm. And boy, it's easy to to feel like it's a battle sometimes. It just seems like everybody has opinions mm-hmm. about everything and we want to fight about them. Um, but we're really all a lot closer together than we than we realize, I think, sometimes. And we're yeah. all we all have the same end goal in mind. Yeah. And that is good news for the whole world, you know? Yeah, and so, yeah. and I appreciated that he mentioned all of us staffers, my name, you know, the the few of us that there are, like mm-hmm. 21 of us now, I think. He he mentioned every staffer by name and just um, talked about how much he appreciated the staff at the EC, which has really just done uh, yeoman's work these past mm-hmm. couple of years. And so that was that was sweet to me. Yeah. I appreciated that too because we appreciate yeah. him too. He he has also done so much above and beyond. Yeah, Absolutely. seen and un, a lot unseen too. Yeah. And so, Laura, speaking of that 
permanent interim, as um, I, I like to joke with him about yeah. and call him that. Um, it's not it, so permanent. It does seem like maybe we are nearing the end of that I season. Think so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, Neil Hughes, the search team president or chairman, uh, told EC members to pencil in a date in March for a special called meeting to vote on a candidate. Uh, very exciting. They'll have they'll be meeting in Dallas in March, and mm-hmm. they have not announced that candidate yet, but they seem to be pretty excited about it. And so we'll just wait until we find out. But yep. it's exciting. Yep, yeah, definitely. it'll be nice. It'll be nice to have a permanent person in that spot because it mm-hmm. hasn't happened in over two years at this point. Yeah, almost two abs- and a half years. Yeah, absolutely. So, so lots of coverage at Baptist Press about this week's executive committee meeting. Lots of important updates. Lots of important business happened. Um, yeah, it, it just the the that's just it. I mean, a lot of yeah. important things happened. They're very week. consequential. It seems like uh, there don't, there doesn't seem to be any real boring EC meetings these days. I, yeah. I would love to go back to the days of boring EC meetings, but, but maybe we will get there. Maybe yeah. we will. All right, Laura. So to shift a gear here, uh, let's talk about um, a state public policy agenda released this week by the Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission. Yeah. So this is kind of uh, this is the first time they've done anything quite like this. They did something sort of along the road to this last year, but this is more official or a little goes a little bit farther. It's very uh, kin to the federal uh, policy agenda that they released in January, but this is uh, for states, and it's actual legislation in each state that examines that legislation and things that are of of note for Southern Baptists, things that are important to Southern Baptists, and just helps people know how to think about it, um, how to uh, perhaps lobby for or against, or more just how to how to process these things. Mm. And so, I I just pulled out a few examples. Uh, so, for example, a bill in Illinois that would harm pregnancy care centers that would that basically assumes that they're giving out misinformation and things mm. things of that nature. So there's mm. there's that. There's a bill in Missouri that would prohibit public funds going toward abortion. And so Southern Baptists would be supportive of a bill mm-hmm. like that. There's a bill, mm-hmm. bills in Oklahoma, Iowa, and Vermont that are about protecting the consciences of medical professionals. Mm-hmm. There's a law here in Tennessee about protecting the religious liberty of foster families and adoptive families. Uh, Bills in Washington and Kansas that would expand the requirements for clergy to report abuse or or neglect of children. So things that are very relevant to what is really going on, even in Southern Baptist churches and in Southern Baptist life, and how the legislatures and all the states affect those things. And so this is a really helpful resource, I think, for churches. So you should, you know, whatever state you're in, go look at that document, there's a link there in the BP story for you to go look at it and see what's going on in your state and what do you need to know about and how can you um, let your people, your congregation know about it and and what what might you need to do in response. And so Mm -hmm. very helpful stuff. How can you pray? Yeah. Yeah. Very good. All right. Speaking of our state conventions, uh, we look to Michigan where Tim Patterson there, the executive director, treasurer of the Baptist State Convention of Michigan, has announced that he's going to retire. He's planning to retire at the end of this year. Uh, During his tenure there, some great things have happened. The convention has seen a rise in CP giving as well as reported baptisms. Um, And Laura, there is a site set up. Um, They're they're already beginning to seek uh, resumes and leads on someone to fill that role. Um, after Tim Patterson vacates it a little later this year, where can folks go? 
Yeah, it's uh, so it's the Baptist State Convention of Michigan, and their website is bscm.org. So go to bscm.org slash search, hmm. and you can f- submit a resume or um, a suggestion or yeah. things of that nature. Yeah. Okay. Very good. All right. Well, lots of folks across the, the country um, have been praying for the Kelly family um, this last week as uh, Rhonda Kelly went home to be with the Lord and lifting up Dr. Kelly, um, the former president of New Orleans Seminary, um, just a, a longtime faithful Southern Baptist. Um, folks have been lifting him up as he uh, grieves. And um, and so, Rhonda, we're, we we extend that, that sympathy to him and then just celebrate all that that his wife, Dr. Rhonda Kelly, mm-hmm. accomplished for the Lord's glory. And um, she she was a faithful servant, and God used her in, in such great ways. Yeah, it was interesting going to back and reading this uh, story that we ran about her just all in one place. Like, I think I knew all of the things that were in the story, but to see them all listed in one place was sort of eye-opening again for me, and just how much of an impact she had. The, uh, the women's ministry certificate program that she initiated at New Orleans Seminary in 1997 was like the first of its kind. And now all the seminaries have uh, stuff like that, uh, a program like that. And she was a managing editor for the Study Bible for Women. And I actually went um, went back in, in the archives yesterday looking at some things and found a story from, I think, 1992 mm-hmm. about how uh, Lifeway or BNH was coming out with a new women's study Bible and how revolutionary that was to mm-hmm. have a separate Bible just for women. <laughs> and yeah. then, and how, and Kelly uh, served as, uh, Rhonda Kelly served as a managing editor for one of those uh, that was published in 2015 um, and the managing editor for companion titles of, of similar Bibles. And um, she uh, well, the uh, established a fellowship. New Orleans Seminary established a fellowship in women's leadership in 2019 in mm-hmm. her honor, named after her. And just so many things. I mean, the, the list could just go on and on of just the accomplishments. And not only that she made for herself, but it wasn't about her. She made these so that other women coming behind her could have these opportunities and could have these resources. And so uh, I, I would think even in some ways, uh, I'm benefiting from some of these things, you know, mm-hmm. and so it was just pretty, pretty astounding. And then she also, uh, like, won the uh, the w- was awarded the Willie Turner Dawson Award mm-hmm. for Christian Character in 2005, which is a big deal. If you go to the Minister's Wives Luncheon every year yeah. at the annual meeting, uh, that award is a really big deal. And she also received that award in 2005. And so just yeah. a, a huge uh, impact in the convention and yeah. a huge loss. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I started at New Orleans Seminary in 1999, mm. and so that um, that that women's ministry program that you mentioned it started just a couple of years uh, before before I started there. But I I can distinctly remember the energy and just um, the the excitement about the formation of that program, and um, and it has been just so encouraging to see how the the Lord has grown that um, over these years. Um, that there was a, a funeral service for her um, earlier this week in at First Baptist Church in Fairhope, Alabama, 
And then the good folks down at the seminary are going to host a memorial service for her uh, that's planned for February the 26th, which is Monday, February 26th at 2 o'clock down there. So I uh, wanted you to, to be aware of those details and, and certainly invite folks to continue to pray for uh, Dr. Chuck Kelly um, in, in the days ahead as he moves forward. Mm-hmm. Laura, you mentioned the Minister Wives, um, the award that she received there at the Minister Wives Luncheon. Um, there's also some news about that this week in Baptist Press. Yeah, so they have a new website. So those of you that go to that luncheon every year, uh, if you are used to going to through Lifeway to get your tickets, it is no longer, that is not what you do. Um, there is a new website to go to that. It is sbcwives.com. And you can order your tickets there. And it's uh, it's also just a neat um, story that that ran. Of course, we wanted to get the news out about the new website and that the tickets were now available. And that thing sells out. So if you haven't mm-hmm. got your ticket yet, you better go get it. But Diana Chandler at BP wrote a really neat story about this year's uh, president of the luncheon. Autumn Wall is a pastor's uh, or church planner's wife. They are in Indianapolis. So she just had a unique perspective on the city and on ministry in that city. And I don't remember the last time a church planner's wife was the president of the minister's wives luncheon. It's probably happened before. Maybe. I don't know. Hmm. Um, But it was just a real neat story. Interesting. just narrative about her and what they've been through there in Indy. And so I would encourage you to go check that out and also check out sbcwives.com and look into the luncheon and get your tickets and all that. Yep. Yep. Definitely. Get get your ticket. Um, all right. So the history moment, Laura, um, I tell you what, th- this one's an interesting one. It, it's it kind is. of a, an unexpected connection yeah, um, yeah. In, in the life of a Southern Baptist pastor and leader. So we were in 1948 last year, if you're keeping score, last mm-hmm. week, I mean, but yeah. um, we're in 1948 again, because mm-hmm. I just couldn't, I couldn't pass this up. I had to, I had to do it. Yeah, it's good. So in February of 1948, now keep in mind, we're uh, three and a half years or so post atomic bombs in Hiroshima and Nagasaki. So General Douglas MacArthur, mm-hmm. who, by the way, was only one of only five five-star generals in U.S. history, big deal, veteran of both world wars, wow, and the supreme commander of the Allied forces in the Pacific during World War II, mm. General MacArthur sent a letter to then President of the SBC, Dr. Louis D. Newton. Mm-hmm. So I was reading about this letter, and I thought I got to know more about this. So I did a little digging, and I learned more about Louis Newton. Some of you may know this, but I did not. Louis Newton pastored Druid Hills Baptist Church in Atlanta for 40 years. Wow. But the nine years before that, guess what he did? <laughs> he was editor of the Christian Index. There you go. As was Al Mohler and mm-hmm. other people. I mean, it's just the Christian Index has been around forever. Yeah. So it was pretty cool to read that and to know that uh, this Louis Newton, who was at this time SBC president in 1948, had been a longtime editor of the Christian Index. He also wrote a column for the Christian Index every week for 65 years. Wow. Brandon, 65, 65 years. years. How do you come up with something to write about every week for 65 years? I don't know. My like, do goodness. Do you start writing about your dog or the weather or what? I don't know. Anyway, I don't know. So he wrote a, a, a column for 65 years. I need to go check some of those out. So anyway, here we are just uh, actually two and a half, Two and a half years. I said three and a half, but two and a half years after the atomic bombs had been dropped and how Japan was devastated. 
And Douglas, and apparently Newton, I, I couldn't find this letter, but apparently it was in this letter from MacArthur was in response to a letter that Newton had written him asking about how American churches could help mm. in the recovery of Japan. Mm. And so MacArthur, who is overseeing, he is in Japan overseeing the troops that are helping in the recovery in Japan. He sent this letter back to Louis Newton and he said, yes, American churches can help. He was very supportive of the idea. He said that the influence of the Christian soldiers there in Japan was having a positive effect on mm. the Japanese people. And so this is a quote that I pulled from the, the letter. These influences rapidly are bearing fruit. And apart from the great numbers who are coming formally to embrace the Christian faith, a whole population is coming to understand, practice, and cherish its underlying principles and ideals. Mm. He also told Neaton that the Japanese were very much in need of food and clothing. And then he closed the letter like this. Such help from victor to vanquished not only provides for the bodily comfort, but it leaves a lasting impression upon the human spirit as well. This is of incalculable aid in advancing our purpose and securing our cause. Mm. So I thought, how did anybody know that Southern Baptists were helping with the recovery effort after the devastation in Japan in World War II? And that the SBC president was corresponding with Douglas MacArthur. I didn't yeah. know that. No, so fascinating. It's pretty cool. That's a great find. Thank you for looking that up for us. Yep. Very good. Well, we hope that that you've been helped by uh, this last few minutes together as we've thought through um, just the the busy season and busy life of the Southern Baptist Convention these days. Um, definitely stay informed. Um, things are, are developing as we speak, as we move toward Indianapolis, where messengers will have their opportunity to let their voices be heard. And so make make sure um, that, that you're planning to be a part of that. Um, it's so important for, for folks to be informed, Laura, and then also for them to, to lean in and to make these decisions um, mm -hmm. as, a, as a convention. And um, that, that opportunity for... Um, for influence, for impact, it, it's there. Um, it really it, is. It is there. Yeah, and as Jonathan and Amy always like to say, it, the decisions are made by the people in the room. That's right. You can have your opinion all day, but if you don't come and don't get in the room, you can't make your voice heard. And so, yeah, yeah. get get so, ready now. That's right. And we're we're working hard at Baptist Press to try to help you stay informed um, and, and be prepared as we head toward Indianapolis. Yes, absolutely. Uh, we have stories this even this week that we weren't able to fit because mm -hmm. we just with the time allotted for the podcast. And so as always, find this and a lot more at baptistpress.com. Thanks for listening. Mm -hmm.